Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Talking Two-Tone. I'm joined by the best in the biz, Mr. Tyler Whipple. Um, I wish we were had uh, better things to talk about than what, what's happened through the first six weeks of the season. I got to tell you, uh, a two and four start after the schedule we had was, I mean, I was looking at maybe a three and three or four and two, and um, it just has not panned out that way. Um, we're we're going to play a little bit of the blame game here. We're going to give out some slices of blame pie. Um <laughs> I, in my opinion, the number one player to, or number one person to blame is John Robinson. I mean, he's the easy target. Um, obviously, so is Ryan Tannehill right now. Mm. But I think, honestly, it's just the way this roster is constructed now by – I don't think any of this is really Rand Carthon's fault. Uh, you could always play the game of musical chairs where – who was selected before or where they were in the draft class, like Puka Nakua. Um, but no, I'm not doing that. It's it's This is J-Rob's fault. He traded away our best young asset for a guy who has gone AWOL in Traylon Burks. We got pretty much nothing in return from that because we traded that third-round pick regardless, I believe. And the team is just not constructed well enough to win. Uh, consistently. Now, that's not to say that Vrabel is not maximizing the most he can out of these players. I think to an extent he is, but I also got to give a little bit of the blame pie slice to Mr. Kelly for the play calling and the overall usage. I think it's too cute when it doesn't have to be. And I think, it, again, this is a tale as old as time. When you take Derrick Henry off the field, Bad things happen to this offense. Now, for whatever he's, yeah, he's not as viable as a pass catching option as Tajay Spears or, you know, Hilliard in the past or Deion Lewis or whoever they've tried to cut into his carries with. He is not as viable a pass catcher as them. But who the hell cares? Having him on the field changes what the defense does against you, like what they have to scheme for. Because say it's third down and eight and you leave Derrick Henry in the game. You could run a screen, you could run play action boot, you could run a multitude of other things, and you could even hand the ball off to them on the plus side of the field and let them know, all right, we're going for it on fourth down. But if you take him out of the game, it gives the defense the ability to pin their ears back on an already band-aid, just honestly, we've got a bunch of guys out there who – back in Revolutionary War times would have just been enlisted to carry a musket just because they were warm bodies on the battlefield. I mean, to be completely honest with you, I don't understand what Andre Dillard is still doing. And thank God he got benched in that game. But again, Tannehill has been hit. Tannehill has been sacked a hundred times over the last two years. We haven't even gone through this full year yet. A hundred times. Let that sink in. You get hit a hundred times trying to do your, that's like going to your job. And, you know, for example, 
it's like going to your job and then nobody being there and then you getting blamed a hundred different times for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a great analogy there. Um, I can't, I can't agree with you more on all your points, but I want to give the most of this blame to the guy who's at the at the building and fired. And when I'll go back and look at the drafts and some of the free agency signings he's had oh, in the last three God. years. Now, guys, I'm going to go off the top three picks from 2020 to 2022 in the draft, and you tell me, should J-Rob still have a job at the moment? I'm not going to go through the rest of them because none of these guys are, you know, absolute studs, superstars. We didn't draft anybody. But here's the top three picks from 2020. Isaiah Wilson, mm. Christian Fulton, which has had his problems this year, and Darrington Evans, okay? And you go to 2021. I mean, your first three picks should be starting caliber players every year, right? That's what you draft them for there. Yep. Okay, and then 2021, Caleb Farley, bust. Dylan Radins, can't get on the field. Monty Rice, can't get on the field. Elijah Molden has had spurts, especially being drafted 100. Still, not a difference maker, really. Okay, we'll go up to 2022. Traylon Burks, can't stay healthy. Traded A.J. Brown for the guy. Roger McCreary, the best pick out of all these guys. Roger McCreary has played good football for the Titans, considering he was a second-round pick. Nicholas Petit-Frere, we've had, he's had issues this year. He played pretty good as a rookie. However, he's had his issues this year. And then we've drafted Malik Willis in the third round. Um, and we've all seen Malik Willis. We can go on a tangent about Malik here. Uh, I just don't believe in the guy. He's just a, a solid backup. I don't even know if he's a solid backup, to be honest. I've seen enough of Malik Willis to this point where I'm kind of just out on him. Uh, maybe somebody else could unlock him. I just don't think the staff's capable of it. And that, that's just being honest. He's if He might be a four-year project type of guy, but he is not ready to be the starter next year. I would, Based off what we've seen the last when he's been on the field, I could not see him being a starter. But I don't want to go too far off the rabbit hole here. Back to Blavin J-Rob. Um, he has some terrible free agents and signings that we're still paying for at the moment. Uh, the cat pit for Tannehill is crazy. And I know we did the restructuring, the signed guys we shouldn't have been signing anyway. Um, however, you know, this roster is just completely depleted in the last three years. Considering where it was in 2020 when we won the division and played the Ravens in that playoff game, I believe it was. Um, mm. and it's just taking a complete nosedive and how good this roster is. And there's just – I don't know if any coach can really succeed with that offensive line that we have at the moment. So, you know, I'm going to give a lot of the blame to J-Rob for this 2-4 start at the moment. And, I mean, it could be – in coaching, I think, uh, Mike Rabe is a little too loyal to his guys. Uh, sometimes he wants them higher within. You know, he's done it. You know, stick to your process. I'm not going to blame the guy because I might be able to stand here. But uh, maybe we could have went out and got an offensive coordinator like a Kellen Moore. I mean, I mean, or Wes Welker, or Wes Welker. We could have got somebody from outside the building. Tim Kelly, you know, the, the I, I will say this: Tim Kelly hasn't been great, but he's definitely been an upgrade from Todd Downen. I mean, I think we can agree on that. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. But you know. We, we can go on and on about the blame and whatnot, but I think a lot of it right now is just the roster is so bad. You got to give Rand Carthon time to build this thing back. Um, we're we're going to have top five cap next year, the ability to go out and sign some guys. And if he if he can draft like he did this year, I think we could be right back into competing again if Will Levis turns out to be anything or if we draft the quarterback of the future of this upcoming draft. But, you know, I, I think 
Asher's touched on all those other places. I think there's a lot of blame to go a lot of way, but I think of just the lack of talent on the roster is the biggest thing right now, and I think we've got a long way to go. I agree, and I just want to kind of touch on, touch on how far J-Rob has destroyed this offensive line from what it was. If you look back in 2019, 2020, we had at left tackle Taylor Wan, granted – he couldn't stay healthy. That's fine. So we'll put we'll circle Taylor Luan and or Dennis Kelly there, mm-hmm. who is it, who has turned out to be his absence and to me is one of the most underrated losses mm-hmm. that, that we've had because he hasn't played well anywhere else, and he's kind of floated around the league. And I don't know why for the life of me we haven't brought him back. But we had Dennis. We had we'll say Taylor Luan slash Dennis Kelly. Then at right at left guard we had freaking Roger Saffold who played at an all pro pro bowl level. Then you had center Ben Jones anchoring it down. Then at the at the right guard, who did we even ha- who do we have then? Nate Davis, who played pretty well for us at right guard. And then at right tackle, we had uh, Dennis Kelly or Jack literally Conklin anybody not Jack Con- who was an All Pro, and we did not pay him, and we let him walk. But we paid Bud Dupree the same offseason. You know, whatever. We paid, yeah, we paid Bud Dupree to do nothing except get arrested and, and be injured. And then we also went out and signed a bunch of players that we did not need. Um, and then I will never forgive J Rob for giving Harold Landry the extension and not AJ Brown. That to me, that to me, I understand pass rushers are at an absolute bevy. You know, you cannot have enough of them, but our defense generates pass rush based off of depth. So when you pay a player that much money and then he gets hurt in that same offseason after we traded away A.J. Brown, he doesn't even play. And now he's come back and he looks like a shell of himself. It blows my mind. And it's going to go down as like the biggest mistake I think this franchise has ever made is not re-signing Jack Conklin and not re-signing A.J. Brown. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's absolutely. I mean, it, the anchor on the right side and the bona fide wide receiver one this franchise has never really had since Derek Mason. And, uh, I mean, you know, we just let a guy like that walk. It's, it's just mind-boggling. We got, a, we got a bunch of, like, C-level Drew Bennett's running around right now. And D-Hop. D-Hop, my God, D-Hop has played so well. If we trade D-Hop, I'm going to lose my mind. Because he is the only good player on this offense right now, besides Derek. Yeah, and and I mean Ryan Tannehill, give Ryan Tannehill credit. He always targets the guys that need the targets. I mean, he used to throw the ball to AJ. He'd be like, screw it, AJ's down there somewhere. Just throw that someone gun yeah. up. He made it made people pay doing that. But yeah. you know, we can just go on and on about the negativity. Let's let's try to get into some positive stuff. Um we're gonna get into a little bit of the rookie grades here and we're gonna give Kind of give Rand Carthon his due because I think this draft has been pretty well. I mean, I mean, considering what we thought the draft looked like coming out, the draft has actually came. We've got three pretty good players. I'm going to mention here. I didn't. I'm not going to put the players on here that's not playing, like your Colton Dowles and your other guys that's been drafted. Uh, we're not going to put those guys out there for now until they get real playing time because it's just not fair to bl- uh, grade those guys right now. But we can grade Peter Skaronski, Tajay Spears. And Wiley, the tight end. Um, I'm going to give Peter Skaronsky. We'll, we'll just, I'll just give you a player, and I'll give you my grade, and I'll let you give your grade, and we'll just go back and forth through, through those three. Um, mm-hmm. um, Peter Skaronsky, when he's on the offensive line, you can obviously see the difference that he makes over there. 
on the left side, a guard. And he's um, – I would say if I had to give him a letter grade, I'd give him a B-plus right now because he has missed some time. He struggled a little bit with health so far. But when he's been out there, you can absolutely see the difference in the run game for sure. But, I mean, the pass blocking is just so bad on the on the edges. You really can't tell his difference in the, in the middle there. But he he has played pretty well for the Titans for the for first round pick, and I think he is going to be a a star for us for at least this contract. You know, we usually let our offensive line walk for whatever re- reason in the past. But um, I would say I'll give him a, a solid B plus to start his career. I'll give him an A because for the same reason you're you're like you give him a B plus. I'm going to give him an A because of how much we miss him when he's not out there. That's a fair so, point. Yeah, I'm taking his absence on the offensive line as like I'm going to bump him up for that because he can't really plan for having appendicitis. That's true. You, know, you, <laughs> yeah. you can't really – you can't. I mean, that, that's not like a, you know, a hamstring or something like that where you're just not taking care of – I mean, that, that could literally happen at any time. Um, so I'm not going to knock him on – I'm not going to knock him for that. And if anything, I'm going to give him an A because I think if Rand Carthon changes the culture and starts – re-signing good players that we've drafted. Because if you think about it, you can get the players you drafted at a discount as opposed to having to go out in free agency and throw a boatload of money at players mm-hmm. to, to sign them away from other teams. But I'm going to give Skronsky an A and then kind of piggyback it onto Tajay Spears. I'm going to give Tajay Spears a B. I'm not giving I'm not giving the plus minus. I don't I'm not doing it. But I think that Tajay Spears is a B. And I, I'm only giving him a B because of how much he's being used. I think if you were to give him the – if you take away Derrick Henry out of the equation, how good is Tajay Spears really? That's what that's the question mark. And I think the team will suffer if they trade away Derrick Henry. The run game will become nothing, I think. Yes, he's flashy. Yes, he's fast. But is he at 25 – carry 30 carry a guy like Derek who can just punish defenses over the course of a game. I don't think he is. I don't think we'll ever see something like Derek in this modern NFL again. Um, so I'm going to give him a B. I think his pass catching, his elusiveness, his speed, his quickness is incredible. And I will be the first one to admit, I think he, we were wrong, but I think you need to have a 70, 30 lion share cut for those two to be, effective like like smash and dash thunder and lightning with lindell white and, and chris johnson except cj2k he's not cj2k you know but that's what i'm giving him but that's how i feel about spears and it pisses me off that he gets more carries than Derek. that's 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 where i'm gonna i'm i know you give him the b because of the utilization i'm gonna give the pick an a because i think he's an absolute stud i mean you can just see He's got that different level of talent when he gets the ball in his hand. However, however, I do agree with you. I think he's overutilized. Um, Derrick Henry should get some of the third down snaps, and he should 1,000 million percent get more carries than Todd J. Spears does at this point in their careers. Um, I agree with you 100% on that. I'm going to give him an A, though, just because of where he was picked and what our expectations were based off what I've seen him do out there. Uh, he's, he seems like he's always in the right spot at the right time when he's on the field. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's good at breaking tackles. He's, he's a low, hard runner, and he's, he gives us that extra element in the pass game that, you know, Derek really doesn't other than screenplays. 
But I agree with you 100%. I think it should be a 70-30% split. And more right now it's more of like a 50-50 split, which it should not be that. He should not be in the game as much as Derrick Henry. Um, and I'm I'm full agreement on that. And I think that goes back to Todd Kelly. I'm not, that's why I'm giving him an A still because I'm not going to give him – I'm not going to take his grade down based off of what the coaching is doing because I think he has played really well for us based on where he was drafted. Um, last Josh Wiley, he, he had his best game last week. Um, had a few catches. I think, did he have, did he score a touchdown? I, I'm trying to think that if he had a touchdown or was that the other reason? He scored a touchdown this year. Okay. I don't know if he scored a touchdown. I, I know he got concussed. Yes. I, I want to say he had a touchdown in the Ravens game. I'm not for certain on that, but considering, right. considering, um, having the one, two punch with Chig, I want to, I'm going to give him a C because we still haven't seen enough. I'm gonna give him right there. He's been just, you know, I guess you would, as the kids say today, mid. You know, he just, he just <laughs> right where he needs to be. I mean, we, we put a fourth round on him. I think it was. I'm not looking at it. Look, I can actually. We did put him a fifth round on him, which you know, with fifth round production on him, I'm, you know, I'm gonna bump that up. I'm gonna give him. I know you're not doing the minus or pluses, but I'm gonna give him a C plus just based off him being a fifth round pick, and he has had a little bit of production out of Cincinnati there. So that's where I am with the guys he's actually played. Um, and we're going to get on to Levis here in a second. What, what's your thoughts on Wiley? I think they're not – again, I don't think they're using him the right way. I think, you know, he's a big-bodied guy. He's like – he's over six foot three. Yeah, I huge. know that. He's huge. And the, for whatever reason, I don't know why we go away. So, here's my ideal inside the red zone personnel. I want D-Hop on the X – you know, wide receiver one. I want – Derrick Henry in the backfield. I want Tajay Spears to the right of of Tannehill and Derrick on the left. Overload Josh Wiley to the left side to make it look schematically that we're running left. And Tajay Spears, instead of using Derrick as a decoy, wouldn't it be a good idea to use Tajay Spears as a decoy? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what do I know? I mean, and then, but if you have Wiley on the left side, D Hop on the left, Derek on the left, and then on the right, you've got Spears, Chig, and maybe NWI. I don't really care at that point. Wouldn't it be a good idea to run like a little out and up with Wiley and then a fade with D-Hop with Derek flashing out to the left and throw a fade to D-Hop? I think that would be pretty successful because the guy catches anything within a five-yard radius of him. And Josh Wiley is huge. So I'd like to think he'll come down with most 50-50 balls. But what do I know? You know, what, what do I know? It's not like I, I've watched. I don't know, man. I don't I, – the yeah, the personnel out there sometimes is very head-scratching. Uh, but, you know, they it's a new mind game they're playing. You know, we'll see. Give Todd – Tim Kelly some uh, – I want to say Todd because of Todd Downing, of course. I've still got a little flashback coming up. But just give Tim Kelly some time and see see what he does. I I 100% agree with you on the personnel stuff, but let's just get it. Let him get a feel for it. It's really only his second year calling plays in the NFL. I don't even know if he had full play calling uh, ability with the Texans. I know he was the pass game coordinator because I don't even know what that means a lot of times because they put those stamps on those guys. I don't even know if this is really his first year calling plays or not. And we'll just give him a little time. I I do have faith in him. I know this is an upgrade over Todd Todd Downing, but we could go on and on about that. Let's let's move on a little bit to. uh, after this bye week, you know, the Titans aren't playing today. That's why we're doing this podcast. You know, to, let's see where we're at and, you know, got a gauge on what's coming up. Um, Tannehill has a high ankle sprain. 
people don't realize what kind of an injury that is. I had an eye ankle sprain in high school. It's really hard to play through, especially in basketball or football. Um, however, you can play through it, but you don't have the power you did. And that's why he came out of the game. He threw that fade to D-hop that was intercepted. If you remember in the London game, he came out right after that. He didn't have the plant power on his ankle anymore. And he's like, yeah, I'm not helping mm-hmm. the team. I'm hurting the team. Let me out. And I want to say he's in a boot. I think that's what Jim White said. He's so on crutches. And crutches. So he's not going to be ready. He wouldn't have been ready for this week. So I would imagine he won't be ready for next week either. And here's where we're going to get into this. I think we've seen enough of Malik Willis, as we alluded to earlier in the year. Let's put Will Levis out there and see what happens. You know, Atlanta just got a big win over the Buccaneers. They're four and three coming to town. They can run the football. They play good defense. If Will Levis can play good against this team, who's coached by my favorite coordinator maybe in the history of the Titans, Arthur Mm. Smith. um, So good. uh, So good. Yes, he was. Uh, If we could get a big win over him with Levis leading the way, three and four, the division's not out of reach yet. we still got to play the Jaguars twice. If Levis plays well, if he he plays well, and it's a lot of ifs here, do you go ahead and start Levis the rest of the year and see what he's got? I think you have to because the thing about it is, you know, I understand why going with Tannehill was the thing. We owe him $36 million. If I'm paying somebody $36 million a year for a year, I'm you're playing, you know, and we know Tannehill's had success with this team. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, I think we've hit hit. He's been hit too much. I think we've kind of ruined him. I think we've, erased his mobility. They're not using him in those read options anymore. We saw the tinger, the Tannehill finger roll anymore. Um, we've seen it once, I think, in the last year and a half. And I got to say, the po- if you believe Will Levis is your guy, like if you believe he's your guy, there's no better time now than to play him. You know, If you know Malik Willis is not your future, which – they knew that when they drafted Will Levis, that Malik Willis was not the answer. Now, my philosophy on why we drafted Will Levis is I'm kind of getting mixed signals because if you believed he was your guy, why didn't you draft him at 11? You know, if you believed Will Levis was your guy, if you did, if you thought he was not going to make it there to the end of, to the end of the first round, then you should have drafted him there. So I don't know what the belief level is with him. But I got to say, drafting him in the second round kind of hurts you because you don't get that fifth-year option to where if he's mad but he has flashes, you don't get that op- that opportunity to automatically get that fifth-year option with him and sign- re-sign him. Like, you get four years with, with Will Levis now, you drafting him in the second round. Mm-hmm. So you got to trot him out there. You know Malik Willis is not mm-hmm. the answer right now. Will Levis it was drafted to be – a quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. Now, to what capacity that is, I don't know, but you've got to figure it out. Now, Tannehill's not going to be able to play effectively. He's going to want to play. He's going to push to play, and the surgery he had last year is going to help him on his road to recovery being a little bit faster, that tightrope surgery that he had, but I don't think he's going to be able to help you. So the question is, now, if Will Levis comes in there and lights it up against the Falcons, does – Tannehill just get his job taken away like Alex Smith or Tyrod Taylor. I think he does because now you can use Ryan Tannehill, you know, and I don't know, is a that mentor role. Um, I would personally play Will Levis 
until you know that – I mean, let him get hit. He's a rookie. Mm-hmm. Tannehill's $36 million a year. And if you're building your entire offense around him, he's one hit away from being out. I would play him. And I do think that if Will Levis plays well, I think this is the last snap we see Ryan Tannehill as a starter in Tennessee. Yeah, and I agree with you completely on that. Um, everything you said, I mean, I'm a verbatim. Uh, there's no sense not to play him. There, I mean, it makes no sense. Like, we, we, drafted, we wasted draft capital on the guy. We moved up to get him. Ryan Tannehill isn't going to help you next week against the Falcons. And um, Malik Willis isn't the guy. Obviously, you made you made a good point. They they traded up and drafted a quarterback when they already had a quarterback behind Ryan Tannehill. They drafted the year prior, and um, you know, and we've seen enough of Malik Willis to tell you that he is not going to be ready this year or next year, maybe ever. So I would put the guy out there, see what he can do. You know, I mean, he sucks. He sucks. You know, that's good reps. I mean, that's reps at this point. I would. Worst case scenario, the worst possible way I would play this for the Titans is I would do rotating quarterbacks um, until you you kind of you give each of them like a, a possession or two and see how it goes. But the thing that's going to drive me crazy if they do that, and also I saw a report from Ian Rappaport, um, or I saw a tweet. I don't know how, how truth it is, truth it is, truthful it is that, but Rappaport supposedly said Tannehill's not going to be ready to go next week. So with that being said. Do you take the Malik Willis approach, which we tried to do last year to some extent, where you run the ball 90% of the time and try to play incredible defense and then throw the ball maybe 10 times? Or do you do rotating quarterbacks also with the heavy run load? I think the worst possible thing I would want to see is I would want them to do that and then Will Levis ultimately get the job unless Malik Willis goes out there and goes like five for five for – you know, 135 yards and two touchdowns like Jalen Milrow or something. Because Jalen Milrow is one of the most confusing quarterbacks in college football for me because he can't throw short, but he can throw the deep ball 45 yards in the air and throw a touchdown. It's it's deep ball accuracy is more accurate than his short passing. But anyhow, that's worst case scenario. I'd like to see that. But if Will Levis doesn't play to some capacity at all, then it's been a complete failure of a draft class for me because – that's basically telling me that you drafted a guy who you don't think could be your quarterback in the future, and you're not even willing to test it. Yeah, and I think if if they if Will Levis if Ryan Tannehill is a full no go, and Malik Willis starts next week, I may I'm I don't know I may aneurysm out or something. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to be pretty angry because let's just put the guy in. He's it's his eighth week. It'll be week eight, right? If I'm not mistaken, yeah. It'll be week yeah. eight. The guy has been there long enough. He's had a full training crap. I know he was hurt, blah, blah, blah. He has been there long enough. He should know the system. He should be comfortable out there enough to go out there and on third and short, third and long, to get the ball snapped, make his reads, and let's see what he's got. You know, I mean, that's all we can do. He's got DeAndre Hopkins. He's got Derrick Henry. If Peter Skronsky's playing, the offensive line kind of terrible, yes. But he's still got some playmakers out there, and we can really get engaged. And he's mobile, Exactly. I mean, a lot of people compared him to Josh Allen. I mean, that was the comp coming out. That was his ceiling. And let's just see what he's got. You know, let's see what he's got. I want to, I want to yep. see it. I want to see it. You know, we can talk about that more in in detail. But let's let's uh, we're gonna go ahead and go two blocks down here instead of one because I think it makes more sense. Um, if the Titans lose that game before we get into the trade block, 
Uh, if the Titans lose that game to Atlanta, we're two and five, especially if the Jaguars win next week. I don't know if they're on a bye or not. If they win next week, uh, they would be six and two, um, and we would be two and five. I want to say the division's out of reach if we lose next week and they win. Uh, would you be opposed to the Titans just mailing it in and tanking for the rest of the season, which we know they're not going to, but we're just talking as fans because Mike Brable is not going to be a guy that tanks. Um, what would If you were Asherati, if you were that GM and slash head coach of the Titans right now, you dropped the two and five, what are you doing? Um, I, I got to tell you, with the way it's – set up now in the NFL, I think I would tank, but I don't want to see a half-ass tank. I want to see a full-on tank. Like, I want Ryan Tannehill on the bench holding the clipboard. I want Malik Willis starting every single game or Will <laughs> Levis. If you really want to tank, you'll play Malik Willis every single game. But I wouldn't mind, you know, just playing for playing, – playing your players, you know, seeing who wants to be there in that time period. I, I don't like the word tank. I like the word trying. You know, they're trying to figure things out. So, like, tanking, like, who are we tanking for is the question. Are we tanking for Caleb Williams? Because he hasn't played well against big-time competition. I'm sick of him being overhyped. Are we tanking for uh, Marvin Harrison Jr.? Drake May. uh, Drake May, to me, is just like Will Levis. Penix. uh, Yeah. Penix had three turnovers yesterday. I, I don't know. See, like, the guy that I think Tennessee should go out there and get is I think Tennessee should go out there and I think they should get Marvin Harrison Jr. Right now. I think you should go out there and I think you should get him. I think you pair him with D-Hop. I think you – then you just draft offensive line or you, you use cap space in the offseason to get significant help. Get, but get somebody out there who's going to play immediately. Like Marvin Harrison Jr. is being comped as one of the best wide receivers prospects coming out. Not to cut you off time. on that, but that that would be – Ideal, in my opinion, because if you that's why it's so instrumental right now to play Will Levis, see what you've got, because the cap space opens up so high. If we can get a stud wide receiver and draft this office line, rebuild it through the free agency and office line, man, we could be why couldn't we be the the San Francisco 49ers in a couple of years? Just be stacked everywhere because you're not having to pay a quarterback. Everybody knows there's only a way to win in NFL, have an absolute stud quarterback, Patrick Mahomes esque and or be on a rookie contract with your quarterback and build that way. Because yep. if 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 not, we're in cap hell with Tannehill right now. Everybody knows that. If you don't do that, see what Will Evans has, you have no real options in the draft because it doesn't matter anyway, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. you have to be in one of those two spheres if you want to really compete in, in this get to a Super Bowl. Because if you look at all the Super Bowl teams that's made it in the last – three to four years, that's the situation they're in. So yep. but that's what we've got to do, in my opinion. You've got to start with Levis and see what we've got going. And if, if we're calling it a tank, I wouldn't say a tank either, like you said. I would like I liked what you said, figuring things out. Uh, you've got to start addressing your needs. And um, if, if you want more draft capital, since we've talked about that, what we would do um, is it time to trade the guys away if that's what you're going to do. And I know – all you Titans fans that listen to this are just like me and Asher. We want to keep our guys. We want to absolutely keep our guys. I never want to see Kevin Boward or Derrick Henry wear another uniform. I don't want to see DeAndre Hopkins wear one either, but it would be easier to, to you know, detach from DeAndre Hopkins than it would be 
Kevin Byard, Derek Henry, in my opinion. So if you were going to go ahead and go with the the draft capital after we're two and five, would you trade any of those three guys? The worst of these contracts, I'm going to rank these based off of what I think we can get for them immediately. I don't think we're going to get that much for DeAndre Hopkins. I think we might get like a third or fourth rounder for him. So I think you keep D-Hop. Nobody's going to take on Derrick Henry's contract. Um, Ian Rappaport said that he would be very surprised if somebody traded for Derrick Henry on a half-a-year contract, like $12 million. Um, that would kill me inside. If we traded Derrick yeah. Henry, it would literally kill me inside. I don't know about that. And the only one, the one that I could see that would make the most possible sense, not saying I want it to happen, not saying I think it will happen, but I think the one that makes the most sense is Kevin Byard. Kevin Byard to the Eagles. I know, I know. But if you think about it, there was contract disputes in the offseason. He didn't want to take a pay cut until he realized we were going after D-Hop. Then he did. He hasn't really – I mean, he's been the most sure tackle in the secondary. But at what point – I'm not saying I want to trade Kevin Byard. I'm not saying we should trade Kevin Byard. But I think he is the one – the, the Eagles will call on because the Eagles are not going to call on Derrick Henry. They're not going to call on D hop. They're, they, they're probably not going to call on Burks. Um, they might call on Sean Murphy bunting, but I think it's going to be Kevin Byard is the name to look at in the offs in the, towards the trade deadline. Uh, yeah, it's, I agree with you on that. But the only thing is with Kevin Byard, he's at one of those positions that they're not going to give a lot of draft capital for anyway. And he's an agent yeah. safety. You know, safety's kind of look like the running back and linebacker. Safety, running back, and linebacker are the most underappreciated positions in the NFL. And I uh, agree. just just like, you know, David Long being gone for $5 million a year. Look what he's doing with Miami. But we'll, I digress. Um, Kevin Boward would be – it would. I would feel like Kevin Boward would hurt just as much as Derrick Henry in a lot of ways because he's just he, – Kevin Boward was there and we sucked, you know. Derrick Henry mm-hmm. really came in when we was just starting to go up. Ken Byer had a couple years where we were terrible. So, um, I don't know about that. Uh, I don't see any of those guys being traded. I would see them being cut at the end of the year before they're traded, you know, uh, before we, you know, give them another contract. And I hate to see that either. I don't want to see them, any of these guys play in another uniform, especially the King and Kevin Byard. But, you know, we can speculate all we want to. But we wanted to just touch a little bit more on um, what is what's the biggest need of this team at the moment? Oh, God, uh, see, I, te- I teeter tatter between or whatever the word is. I go back and forth on this one because I think one of the most glaring needs is, is definitely a, D- a DB one, like a Jalen Ramsey or somebody like that. But also, um, left tackle. You don't really hear a lot about the right side of the line because they're all right. Um, I would say, honestly, dude, I would say it's got to be depth. And, and I would say we need a wide receiver to pair the hop with to take the offensive pressure off. I would go offensive line one. I would go wide receiver as well. I would go defensive back. But I think DB you can address in the offseason with the salary cap we'll have. Um, I really, I really would say offensive line depth. I mean, it's it's really the thing that's killing us right now. We can't sustain drives 
And I would say that it has to be a left tackle. Like if we had, if Taylor Juan was healthy and weighed above 250 pounds, I would bring him back right now. <laughs> yes, I agree, man. That's, that is the biggest glaring need on this team. And it's all, if you don't have a cornerstone left tackle, uh, it doesn't really matter who you got back there uh, throwing the football around. He's going to be on his back because there's so- – everybody says pass rushers are at a premium. I don't think so. Every team we played has had a great pass rusher, and you can tell because they destroy yeah. our – whoever's playing over there on the left side. Miles Garrett had a day. Joey Bosa had a day. Uh, who else have we played? I, 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 I know they're out there. I just can't – I'm having, you know, brain fart. But every time – Brandon Hill drops back. He's getting hit in the back, you know. Yep. Um, So, we've got to get that cornerstone left tackle back in the building. And I hate to tell the one's career ended the way it did because, you know, a lot of left tackles play a long time if they're really good like that. So, you know, if we don't get a left tackle uh, in the next couple of drafts, I don't know how good Will Evans is going to be. I don't know how good any quarterback is going to be back there because you can't have a dead gum rotating door at left tackle. Everybody knows that. So. And no, then you can't. I agree with you on wide receiver two. Traylon Burks should be that guy, but he just I mean, we thought we was getting AJ Brown, but we got Corey Davis again. And that's just how it yep. is. I'm sorry, I love Traylon Burks and I want him to be what he what we want him to be, you know. But it just hasn't panned out. He's never there. He's never he's never on the field. Exactly. You know, he just he can't stay healthy. Um I know this is a bit more of a, a grim podcast, guys, and we just want to touch on a little bit of what's going on so far. We're running a little bit out of time here. Um, but, you know, we got, we're got we moving on to Atlanta. I think we can win that game. I really do. I think our talent matches up, at least with them. Um, them coming to Nashville, we're a lot better at home. I don't think we've lost a game at home yet. I think all of our games lost have been on the road so far. And, and of course, if you count London as their home game, I don't know if we were the home team or not. Anywho, um, I think I think we can beat them, and we can be having a whole different conversation about what this season's going to look like going forward. Maybe Will Levis goes out there and plays out of his freaking mind, and we're like, this is the second coming of Josh Allen, like we hoped. And you know, we'll see. You know, it is kind of gloomy, but there might be better days ahead. Asher, you got anything to add before we jump off here? I think we're beating the Falcons thirty-one to seventeen. I think oh. Tennessee scores. I think Tennessee scores oh, over 30, 30 points for the first time in – 19 months or whatever it's been i think i think we can put up 30 something points for the first time i think we're going to finally see Derek volume which is when he has over 20 carries we're two and oh when he doesn't we're oh and whatever it is oh and four so that's all i got tighten up tighten up people you heard it here first 31 17 hey there sports history fan this is arnie chapman a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. 
Hello, football friends. This is Darren Hayes of the Pigskin Dispatch Podcast, and I'd like to invite you to the portal of positive football history, Pigskin Dispatch and pigskindispatch.com. We talk about everything that centers around the game of American football, expert discussions, the origins of the games, the great players, teams, and coaches, and more, and some great guests and insights from experts. We have new episodes three to four times a week, and you can find us on sportshistorynetwork.com, pigskindispatch.com, or your favorite podcast provider. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.